Welcome, Liz. Elizabeth is a Veda yoga teacher and an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, as well as a Reiki master healer. She was in the past wellness program coordinator at Dancing Shiva Yoga and Ayurveda. She studied wellness at the Karalaya Everetic Academy. Clearly, my mouth is not able to say the right words today, and I don't know why, but welcome. And I would just want you to tell everyone about how wonderful you are. I've been following you online for eons. And I am such a fan of your work, not just in what you do in Reiki, but also your growth in personal life. It's, so welcome. Tell everyone about yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so, so excited to be here. I'm super stoked to finally be speaking with the one and only Baroness because it has oh, been... Hi. It has been, I think, years that we have followed one another and we have been communicating in the social media circles, but have yet to actually like really connect. So I'm super excited. So everyone, this lady, I can't explain to you the energy that she has surrounded herself with to build herself up to build her brand up to motivate others to do the best work that they can do I can be honest with you that I was at a pretty low point at the beginning of my divorce at during all of this pandemic stuff and I reached out to her one day and I'm like what's this Reiki stuff about what's this what's this what's this Ayurvedic stuff about what I'm supposed to do with my pitta you know, and it was just, you know, I would hear her use these terms and teach breathing techniques that I was unfamiliar with. And I'm like, I want to get my life together. So Miss Guru here has helped me and my family to get through some of our anxiety, to get through some of our insomnia and restlessness. And do you have tips for people who are interested into going into a natural wellness lifestyle? Yes. The first one is definitely be patient with yourself. I feel like we're in a stage right now where everybody is really trying to shift into being healthier. And that is going to require a lot of patience because it didn't just take a day, a week, a month, a year to get to where we're at. So we have to really, really take that into account and look at the fact that we're climbing, you know, we're doing stairs. It's a journey. We're taking one step at a time. And we will reach the top of the stairs, but we stop, we start with one step at a time. And I think like, that's the most important thing to me is teaching people that, you know, you can start with the simplest thing of just maybe even drinking hot water every day. It doesn't have to be a drastic change in your life. It could just be the simple act of maybe giving gratitude in the morning. It could just be maybe you fast for a day just to see what it feels like to not eat. It doesn't have to be all of these things at once because the journey for each individual is just that individual. No one can tell you what's going to make you feel the best. Only you can experience what feels the best to you. And the rest of us can just share our own experience with you doing so. And I feel like that's just been 
one of the blessings that I've had in my life that I have had many experiences and it did really start with my injury, my back injury, because that just triggered everything else. Um, I had a back injury. I was disabled on bed rest for like two years. I became depressed. I started to drink heavily, which led to my alcoholism. And um, one day I just hit rock bottom. It was, I've lost control. I did not like the feeling of losing control and I completely stopped drinking. And um, with the help of yoga, Ayurveda and Reiki, I was able to look at my life in a different way where I wasn't perceiving myself as a victim, but rather I was the warrior and the savior in my own story and in my own life. And I was able to kind of embrace that perspective, even though at the time I didn't realize what I was doing and I didn't really look at it as being my own savior. I just felt like, well, I've done this, you know, addictive personality for so long. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try this other way for like a year and see how it goes, you know? And once I did it for a year, I felt really good. And I just did it for another year and I just kept doing it because I, the feeling of be, feeling good just feeling good in my body because I had felt so bad my entire life, pretty much. What? So when you woke up one day and just said, this is it um, for listeners of the podcast, they know that this is what I call our fuck it moment where we identify the moment mm-hmm. where we're not going to live the way that we were living before. How did you feel exactly when you just said, fuck it, we can't do this shit no more. Oh my God. I was disgusted with myself. It was literally, I mean, I wrote this on my blog, so I'm not embarrassed to share how, and you know, what my rock bottom was and feel free to cut this out if you want. Cause it kind of is kind of, you know, um, drastic. It's a drastic. If you don't want to share bottom. anything you're uncomfortable with. You don't have to, but no, it's on my just- blog. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's on my blog. I don't mind sharing. I, I actually, I like to share because I want people to know how it was really, really bad. So when it was a Halloween, as a matter of fact, it's like my, around my anniversary time, actually, it was Halloween. We had gone mm-hmm. to a Halloween party and of course, must've been an epic night, woke up the next day in my house, in my room, no idea what happened, what was going on. I woke up with no clothes on. I lived at home so I knew I was safe, right? Um, my closet to put clothes on and I stepped in like a pile on my carpet and I was like oh my god what is this and I went you know I, I just was like please don't tell me that I peed like that was the first thing that popped into my head like it was like you did you did this you peed and I was like impossible I don't know those things but that's control like you know I have control and yeah, I had literally peed and I just was so disgusted with myself and I was terrified because I was a control freak. So for me to lose control like that was like, it was just like, there is no way that that's going to happen. I'm not going to be losing control. Like that's, you know, now I have three children, so I don't believe in control anymore, but <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> and yeah, and that's what happened. And that I completely wow. stopped. I was like, there's no way. And I stopped, even though I was a really heavy drinker and I was, you know, like I had already mastered 
had a drink to get the fullest effect. And I was drinking like whiskey and Scott would, you know, scotch whiskey and just the heavy stuff. And I give thanks that that happened because I don't think I would have ever stopped if that hadn't happened. I would have not had, you know, I did, I look back now and I think like, thank God, like that's really what saved me, you know? And I didn't even realize like, sometimes we look at vanity, like, Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, we like to say, like, you can't be worried about what other people think of you. And I think that's absolutely correct. But at some point, you have to think about what you think of you, you know. And I hadn't gotten to that point yet where I really thought about what I thought about myself. And I got to that point and I was like, what am I doing with life? Like, I could be having an epic adventure, you know, that I remember and that I absolutely love. and and I'm waking up not remembering anything, like something's not right. And shortly after that, I fell at work and I ended up, well, I had already fallen at work, but I had not gone to the proper healing, let's say. I hadn't begun to healing. I hadn't had any therapy. I hadn't had any, anything. Because when I first fell, I was so young, like I was young. I thought I just Mm. felt, and the doctor was like, oh, you just have a sprained back. So I went months, like months without any therapy, without any kind of help, without an MRI or anything. And then like, I want to say like about eight months later, I finally got an MRI and that's when they were like, oh, you have a herniated disc and it's humongous. If two out of three surgeons saw your... Um, MRI right now they would want to do surgery immediately and I thought I I was like not even 30 and I was like wait a second but I might end up in a wheelchair if I have back surgery now like that's impossible and so I said to him like what can I do in the meantime and he he straight up was like and this was in like 2006 and he said you can walk swim or do yoga and I was like what there's Okay, I can walk. And I had joined the YMCA. They had an Olympic-sized pool, so I started to swim, and I started to do that. And somehow, of course, through God, I was hired to manage a yoga studio with no yoga experience, no yoga knowledge, no none of that. But I have really great capabilities. I'm I'm a great manager. I can manage businesses and people really well. And my friend who recommended me um, said so. You know, I was like, I don't know any yoga. Are you sure you want me? She was like, yes, that's exactly what we need. Someone who has no idea of yoga but knows how to manage a business. And I was like, and yeah, it was really interesting. It took me a long time to actually do a class Mm. because everybody in there was white and skinny. And I was this brown, chunky girl who didn't have any idea what even yoga was, you know? So I was just like, really, I was really just, you know, cut and dry with these people. Like, yes, yes. You pay me, pay me, give me my money for your class and go take your class. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I just was like, nah, I can't be a part of this. Like I, I can't like, not me. I'll just keep swimming. Like I just kept saying, I'll just keep swimming. It was so weird how I was so resistant. And then finally, my teacher, who was my boss, said to me, when are you going to come into class? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, going to take class, you know? He's like, okay. 
And then every day after that, he would ask me, like, are you coming into class today? And I knew, like, I would have to face that fear. So the first time that I sat in class, right. I took a yoga mat and I sat way in the back, like behind everybody. Like, I just made sure I was behind everybody so nobody could see me. <laughs> Um, because it was really intimidating, you know, it really was very intimidating. I didn't know anything. And, you know, wow, it was like, I didn't know how to move my body. I was in pain. All I knew was that I did not want to be in a wheelchair. And I, I was too young to have to be going through that, you know, and I was like, I'll do anything I have to, to not be in a wheelchair, like in my fifties and sixties, like, I don't care what I have to do. So that first. So what changed your mindset? What changed your mindset to say, I am going to take this class? Because he kept bugging me about it. My, my boss, he kept every day. He would tell me, you, you know, are you coming to class today? And I mean, Mm. and he was like, if you, you know, eventually you're going to have to come into class. Like this is, you have to start to know. He would tell me this is, this is how slick he was. He would say, I want you to start to learn the language so you can talk to the clients better. So come and take a class. And I would be Mm. like, oh, well, I'm not ready to take a class. And this, this is what he said. That's okay. Just sit in the back. Just listen. That's all you have to do. So slick. So, I, yeah, because I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could sit back there. I could sit back there and listen. And I, I did it one class. I listened one to one class. And the listening, I don't know what it did. I don't know what it was. But I, it was like, I, I just heard an inner voice like, next time you're going to practice. And I was like, okay, next time I'm going to practice. And then the very next day, he said, are you going to class? I said, yeah. He said, okay. And I set up my class, my mat right in the back. And that first class was really, really hard for me because my body was in pain from how mm-hmm. out of how weak I was. My back was like yeah. on fire from how weak I was, but I did not care. I was like, I'm doing this. Cause first of all, I had that whole, like, people are looking at me thing, you know? where I felt like everybody mm-hmm. was looking at me. So I had to do it because I couldn't look like I wasn't doing it, you know? And then the mm. second thing was, again, I always have that thing. Like I, my dad's in a wheelchair, just so you know. So I have this trauma okay. about being in a wheelchair. And so it was a big thing. Like I will do whatever I have to do. So I got through that class and I made it through that class And I was just grateful that I made it through the class any way I could. It was probably the first time I ever sweat so much in my life. Like, I was just like, ugh, like, wow, I didn't even know some of the bones I had in my body. And then that night I slept all night long for the first time since I got my injury. I remember going to sleep at 11 o'clock at night and waking up like at five, right before the sun came out, thinking like, what? It's already morning. I slept all night long. And then I woke up. That's amazing. It was. I, I was amazed. But then I woke up and I got out of bed and I was pain free. Mm. Sold. I didn't have to be told to take class ever again. 
I was in class every single day in from that point on for for two years almost every day I was just in class and I was in class so much that the teacher the owner of the studio was like I'm gonna do teacher training um you should take it and I said to him like well you know um fortunately my job doesn't pay me the best so I I can't really afford you know fifteen hundred dollar two hundred dollar program you know he said to me, well, mm-hmm. you do so much SEVA, which is service work, right? Free work. It's volunteer work. We call it SEVA. Mm-hmm. He said, you do so much SEVA, it could just be an exchange. We'll count it as an exchange because I was always there. I was always there. I opened the studio. I closed the studio every day. Even if it wasn't my day to be there, I would just be there because I didn't have anything else. And it was my way to really have something to focus after I had like hit rock bottom, you know, it was something to keep my mind and my, my, you know, your, my hands busy. They weren't idle hands. You know, I was doing something and I was learning. I was learning a lot and I was in a different environment completely. Like this yoga studio is right down the street from uh, one of the biggest malls or shopping centers in West LA. You know, so it's like a whole nother vibe. And mm. I was coming from like, you know, the, the a little Mexico. So just even the environment was different. Even the access to the kind of foods I could eat or the stores that were around me or, mm. you know, it just was all just so impressive. And I think like I had to have that experience, you know, in order to really dig into my healing because I think if I hadn't had it in that like manner and in that way, I wouldn't have been so invested, but there were so many things that were captivating to me. It wasn't just like the yoga. It was that, you know, I was work while I was working, I'd be able to go on lunch and sit at the park and enjoy, or I'd be able to, I'd be able to go to a really good salad bar. Like, and then this was like in 2008, 2009. So at that time, you know, you didn't have a Whole Foods everywhere or a Trader Joe's or, you know, there wasn't like a right. bunch of vegan and vegetarian options at the grocery stores. You had to like make all that and take it yourself. Right. So for me, and I had been vegetarian since 2004. So for me to have like that option was, hmm. was just, it was amazing. And then having the ability to actually feel the healing in my body and that it was just me moving my body that was doing it. It was like, wow, it was, it was. Now as a Brown girl, like going to yoga and doing things that are against your cultural norm, how do you process changing up your lifestyle? Well, so here's the thing. I've never been a normal cultural girl ever. Mm. I mean, maybe up until the time that I was 10 years old, but then my mom met my stepdad who is, he's white. And he, we just moved. He, He was a general manager at the airport. So we moved all the time. I actually was raised in Seattle, Washington. I wasn't raised around Hispanic people mm, Okay. in Seattle. There was no Hispanic people. So I, I really didn't, I missed out on all that. Like if you, I mean, you know, people mm. will tell you like, Oh yeah, she's, she's not your typical, 
you know, Mexican, like I love being Mexican and I love my culture and I absolutely love everything about it. And yes, like, you know, I come from, you know, my dad's a veteran of a gang and that whole thing. But somehow God was like, yeah, you only get to do 10 years of that life. And then we're going to pluck you out. You're going to live this whole other life over here. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't very, it wasn't very integrated with my culture from the time that I was like 14 years old till the time I was about, and then forget it. Cause then I left and I came back when I was 19 and I was already who I was going to be, you know, I was like, right. I was not going to be your traditional, you know, and when I, cause I moved back to California at 19 and I would hear it all the time. Like, Oh, you're not your typical California girl. And I'd be like, well, I'm not a cat. I would never, I I always used to say, like, I'm not a California girl. I'm a PNW girl. I'm a Seattle girl. <laughs> Even though I was born and raised for the first 10 years of my life in, like, Los Angeles. I was born in East L.A. Like, I'm, like, a real Chicana woman. <laughs> okay. Just, it's super interesting. It's like, it fascinates my, me even because the other day somebody was like, oh, I love Chola yogis. And I'm like, oh, I could totally do that persona. You know, I totally got it down. Like I would totally like pull out my Ben Davis and like get the lip liner and do it. All. I love how you said I could do that persona. You're like, that's not who I am. I yeah. can have a soda for you if that's what you want, but that's not who I am. Yeah. Now, I have, you said a word that resonated with me. Um, it was the word for service. Give it. Mm -hmm. You were saying. Um, it's Seva. Seva. How? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I from from watching your social media, from watching how you interact with people, that's really one of your pillars. That's who you are as a person. You love to help people. When did you realize mm -hmm. that you got more from your life by giving to others? Oh, at a real, at a real early age. But I don't think I realized it was, I didn't, I don't think I ever realized it was because I was trying to give back rather. I always had this sense that um, I, I had a blessed life. And so because I knew that I had a blessed life, the best thing that I could do was to give back my time. And so when I was a teenager, all the way up until I was like maybe 19, 20, 21, I would, I was always volunteering at all kinds of events. I would do all kinds of stuff for volunteering. As a matter of fact, the reason I got hired, I, cause I used to work for this magazine, LA yoga magazine. The only reason that I got hired was cause they were looking for a volunteer for the editor. Wow. And I just happened to, I was like, Oh, I've always wanted to be working with the magazine and like, I want to volunteer, but I always had this sense, like you have to give back. So when I learned about karma, you know, which are, which is mm -hmm. actions and that all the actions that you put out into the world and into the universe and into the space is it's always constantly coming back like an energetic mm -hmm. flow. You know, I started to think like, Oh, well I've, I've done a lot of bad things 
So I better really get to work and start doing service to counterbalance because I'm a Libra. So naturally Librans are all about balancing, mm-hmm. you know, we're the scales of justice. So we have to balance. And so I felt like I have to give back. Now I have to do it consciously before I was doing it consciously, like out of guilt, out of, you know, a debt, but now I want to do it out of desire, out of sheer will to serve others, you know, and because I want, I know now why. Um, and it just, one of the things that really helped me with that was we used to do a meditation in yoga call uh, and it was a, who am I? And mm. so the teacher would say, who are you? And of course people would be like, oh, well I'm Elizabeth, you know, I'm Elizabeth Peregrina. They'd be like, okay, no, but beyond that, who are you? And they'd be like, oh, well I'm a mom. No, no, no. But beyond that, oh, well I'm, I'm a Libra. No, but beyond that. Oh, well, I'm the daughter of Antonia, Duke. No, but beyond that. Oh, well, I'm the sister of Diana. No, 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 but beyond that. Oh, well, I'm a Reiki master. No, but beyond that. And you just keep going beyond, beyond all of the labels. Right. Until you recognize that every single one of those is a persona. It's just something that you're putting on. It's a face. It's, it's, it's a persona you're putting on for each of individual so that you can get like gold stars from that person or not gold stars, but so that you can be seen by that person so they can see mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? Because you, we, we're all, we all want to be seen and heard. That's what we're out there trying to acquire, you know, someone that sees us and someone that hears us. And so when I started to understand that and really understand it about myself, that I needed to be seen and heard, then I really started to internalize that like, Oh, okay. So what am I, what do I, what am I showing myself? What am I saying to myself? And then it really got interesting. What's crazy to me is, is that you have like this period of time, because I think I started to meet you around a time where I was trying to figure out what my message was. And I realized my, my message was to help amplify other voices because what you're saying is everything like it's everything someone who has never thought of who they are as a person and thought about personas you're you're speaking to their spirit and they're like Liz is my people and they're like how did this happen and I just am so grateful that you are always yourself you always show up there is no persona there is Elizabeth there is no you know I'm going to pretend to be this you are the same always. And so many people lack that in this day of social media that, you know, depends on what the day is. They are their real, they're their real right. video for the day. Whatever you did on Instagram, that's who you are right. for the rest of the day. And it's so exhausting to be online all the time and to be on all the time. And one thing right. I learned in my practice is we have to slow down. We have to just be Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, guys, she gave me a Reiki reading. It's like, your energy is all messed up. We got to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she gave me a reading. And I was like, everything was blocked. My throat chakra was blocked. My sacral chakra, ch- um, chakra was, my root chakra was all fucked up. Like it was, mm-hmm. I was not being myself. And I realized I didn't know what that was. And you walked me through some human design exercises that 
allowed me to figure out some personality traits that I was dealing with and to realize like guys she's a, a she's a healer I don't say that in like a way to disrespect whatever religion you may belong to I say that in a way to say she can actually see your bullshit and help you to heal it versus mm-hmm. pretending it's not there and a lot of places you'll talk to people and they're like, oh, sensei, da 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 oh, guru, da 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 And they just give you a bunch of BS that they read out of some book. What she offers you is practice and exercises to move through whatever that bullshit that's blocking you from growing. So I just want to thank you on my behalf because she'll be like, listen, <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> No, and I appreciate that realness in you, you know, um, the time that you take with your students, and I cannot wait, I'm hoping when everything reopens and I can stop living in my my land of fear, that I can get to one of your courses and get to one of your yoga practices at Big Bear when you do those, start doing those again. Mm -hmm, In the summertime, yeah, those are awesome. We do a hike in yoga in the summertime out to a beautiful quartz size uh, quartz boulder it's a huge boulder of a quartz white quartz crystal and it's the sacred site of the native people there it's called the eye of god through the national forest and then we yoga and meditate we have we've even increased now we've gotten a little bit bougier meditation to it so you know because i feel like We do so much, just like you said. We do so, so much that really life is about slowing down and relaxing and relaxing into it. And you have to find a form and a way to do that. And if whoever can help you get there, like let them help you get to that point because um, life is short. It goes by really fast. And one day we're going to wake up and look back and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. And now, like, I'm going to be 45 this year. You know, I mean, I don't feel like I've missed out anything, you know, but there are, there's stuff I want to do. Like, you know, I still want to do a couple things. And so I'm, I'm, you know, lighting the fire under my own camp and wood to get it going. But you, you know, I feel like there's not enough people like us who are out there really being positive and really just living your purpose, your dharma, your expression of divinity, you know, that has that you've chosen, you know, and I think more of us need to do that and more of us need to really embrace and empower ourselves in this life and stop allowing and stop reacting to life, you know, and start really leading in life you know and receiving life yeah (laughs) that's reacting to life like i'm like writing down all these nuggets while i'm talking to you but Mm -hmm. i mean holy shit like i think most of our Mm -hmm. life is reacting to what came in the mail or the text message you just got from that you know bsx you were dealing with or, you know, we all are going through stuff. And I love yoga and meditation because mm-hmm. it makes me leave my stuff on the mat. 
and get up lighter and happier. It's it's one exercise, and I don't know. Are you still offering it on your website? The challenges about your eating. You were doing a. We might. I always do a cleanse every year. It's actually around this time, but because my birthday is on Saturday, we're gonna do mm-hmm. it on. We're gonna start on Monday, I think. But yes, we are gonna do a. It's gonna be a simple kitchen okay. cleanse again, always with the kitchen cleanse where you eat a mono diet. You mm-hmm. eat uh, the same thing for lunch and dinner for five to seven days. And then breakfast is just a light toast or yes. some fruit or a smoothie or something, you know, coffee or something like that. And yeah, because I feel like, you know, that's another thing. I, I'm i really big about the whole food thing because I used to be, again, I had an addictive personality. I was an overeater. I was an emotional eater. Every time I felt bored, anxious, sad, angry, anything I would eat. Um, and I had gone up to 200 pounds Mm. at one point. Uh, so I had to learn to create a new relationship with food. And I found that the best way for me to do that was to stop eating was to fast. Um, and it really helped mm. me. So now what I do is I just do like the cleanse of the kitchen where I'm just eating the rice and the lentils for a week at a time and gives my digestive system a break to reset and really get ready for winter when we start to hibernate and, you know, pack on the pound. The body wants to automatically pack on the pounds because don't know where we're going to, and we might end up in snow or something. <laughs> I did that cleanse, this cleanse that she's speaking of, the fast. She got a lot of nasty text messages from me the first three days. <laughs> 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 like help help what is this mm-hmm. what is happening but by the third day and it's not that it's a horrible taste it's just something I wasn't used to I was used to feeding my face whatever I wanted it to eat and no matter you know what time it was I was going to eat an ice cream sandwich what do you mean I'm fat? <laughs> and it was a mindset change for me and a order of mm-hmm. discipline for my body to show my body that I respected it that I wanted to be better. And it was really challenging. Like I said, that first three days, I was like, help. But (laughs) by the time that it was over, I was like, oh, I can do this Mm -hmm. again once a month. Or I can do this quarterly. And then realize, oh, my relationship with food wasn't just to nourish my body. It was something to do when I was bored. Or it was just something, you know, I was drinking because, not because I just wanted a glass of wine, but because I had a bad day. And that is not a way to live your life. So I just, I mean, guys, I don't know if you're listening and I don't know if you're processing or where you are and what you're going through right now, but to be able to have resources to tap into no matter where you are in your life just considered following and learning just what someone else, how someone else learns their, lives their life and what their lifestyle practices are. Not that you have to adapt everything mm-hmm. that they're doing, but just to consider with an open mind that there are ways to live our life. So most of my Instagram is a hot mess because I am just intrigued by how people live all around the world. And not everything is for me, but I like to research. I love your Instagram. And it's great. Just consider 
Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yours is amazing. And then um, your other account is also amazing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, but we just, we have to be able to, to be ourselves at all times. And sometimes we have to get outside of whatever our thinking and whatever our ancestral programming mm-hmm. was to figure out what our next level is supposed to be. And I just adore you so much. And I thank you for sharing just a small snippet of who you are and why you are and how you became what you are. Because you were just light, honey. And I just, I want everyone to meet you. And it's like, guys, meet my friend. And I know everyone's like, we met another damn friend. Meet my friend. At one period of time, someone was like, you know, you're a professional best friend. I am not a professional best friend. I just love people. And I believe that we all offer something to someone at a period of time. We don't know when that yeah. period may come, but you have someone in your toolbox who's like, ooh, I'm going through some yes. shit. Who can yes. I pull out my toolbox and say, hey, I trust you. Can I give you my trust? I'm vulnerable. I need help. I need something. You know, and it's okay to be able to reach out to someone and say, I need. And then they can reach back to you in their time and say, ooh, I need. And we can connect and network and figure out and provide our gifts to build community. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where everything's all effed up right now with the universe. Because the guys, like, one day I woke up and I'm like, the vibration of the universe is off. I don't know what's wrong with me. And, you know, it's like, let me fast for two days to figure it out. And people are like, what the hell happened to you? And I'm like, I don't know. But my body. That's really smart really really wise really really wise your body starts to tell you stuff is messed up and you have to stop Mm -hmm. and you know where my first instinct would have been to drink a cup let me go get some whiskeys and do some you know eat some long tongue soup from somewhere or you know falling back into the bad habits of oh let me text this guy that I should have stopped talking to 50 years ago you know it's figuring out what is healthy for processing whatever your body is dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it really does changing the way that you eat and changing your diet changes because you're actually thinking like, what am I putting in my body? Think about that before you ever had that thought, you never even questioned why am I putting this into my body and what is it going to do for mm. me? But then when you start. And that includes penis. Keep that away too. Everything. <laughs> <in your> <laughs> From time to time. Dosage is necessary. <laughs> be, be careful with which one you invite into your spirit. Yeah, yeah, facts. Those are facts. But yeah, I totally. I, you know, I love you. I appreciate you. And I love that you're also not a traditional person. You know, um, your cosplay is inspiring like i absolutely love it like i think it's one of the fun i think that's like one of the reasons i absolutely love you because you're just like oh my god you're just a kid like i know we could be like let's play dress up and go out and party you'd be like yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes yes (laughs) what would you be open to letting the listeners know where they can find you online yes if you could share your instagram yeah i'm at instagram under Reiki, that's R-E-I-K-I underscore the underscore inner I-N-N-E-R-G, energy, Reiki the energy. 
and I also have a YouTube, but I'm not really active anywhere else. I just do Instagram for now and you can find me there. Any websites they should visit? ElizabethPeregrina.com. Yeah, I do my own website. I have my own website under my name. Thankfully, I still was able to catch part of that. Woo woo! <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Yay! Excellent. That is excellent. And I'm so proud of you because you were building, like guys, when I explained to y'all that she is so humble and it's like, hey, when are you going to do this? And hey, when are you going to do that? And she's like, I don't want to do that right now, Brie. We're not going to talk about that today. And I'm like, well, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And so, but, you know, we need people in our circles that push us. And, like, she'll say, well, Brie, when are you going to do that thing? And I'm like, I don't know. Why are you asking about that? So, yes, I will hold you accountable. You will, yes. and I'll hold you accountable. And we hold space for each other. And, guys, yes. he will also hold space for you. So, you know, please, please, yes. please, if you need. And you can do distance Reiki. You don't have to be in her presence to do it. It can be done over the yes the distance. Where I don't even know how to explain the wavelength that you work on, but whew. but I'll explain it to you. So just okay. message me for she sure. She will explain it. I can just tell you it. that I felt warm, and then the next thing I know, I woke up and it was the next day. And I felt better. And then you can, you she'll give you a testimony about what happened after, after she even received that session, how her life changed from her own subconscious awareness of expanding and opening herself to other opportunities and just saying like, yes to life. Let me tell you guys, it is absolutely amazing how you can find out more about alternative forms of practices. You know, we always think traditional medicine. Or you think you have to go to, you know, have to go to this kind of church or you have to practice this kind of religion. And I think the world has so much to offer that we sometimes limit what the possibilities mm -hmm. are. So not to say, I'm not telling you that Jesus is not it. I'm just saying that you can learn about your body from the earth and then also understand it in a higher, just a higher purpose. And I don't know how, my, I know my family is like, what the hell is this girl talking about? But it's just eye-opening to see how your body and how your perspectives will change just by learning new practices and new things to do in a day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. a, no, you're amazing. Yep. And I want to thank you so much for dropping in. And everyone, please, you know, I'm going to put all her information in the show notes and Please listen to this episode. If you love this episode, share this episode. And please visit her page and learn about her services that she can offer to make your life better. Thank you for listening and have a great day.